You're listening to The Riverwalk, the preaching ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today's message is that we should not be surprised by what tomorrow holds because some things are clearly seen. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy. So if you have a Bible this morning, I'd like you to turn in God's Word to Romans chapter 1. Romans is one of my favorite books in the Bible. There's so much passion in there, and Romans is where the gospel is explained, I believe, better than any other book in the Bible. If you want to know how to be saved, if you want to share the gospel, Romans is a wonderful place to start. This week, I don't know why, but I just have had so much on my mind. This was a hard sermon to put down on paper, and it's either going to be really short or really long, I don't know, but there's so many thoughts, and sometimes you have so many thoughts, it's hard to come up with a way to express your thoughts. And I'm going to warn you, it's going to seem to be doom and gloom, but it's going to have a happy ending, and that's much like our lives today. Let me tell you, as a minister, as a church leader, usually, usually this is the most stressful time of the year as a church leader because just like school the church year starts in september and usually this is the time of year where you're trying to get things together you're trying to find teachers you're trying to find volunteers you're trying to plan for the future you're thinking about harvest day you're thinking about christmas you're thinking about fall festivals you're thinking about the year ahead you're thinking about how much to budget for for revivals and that sort of thing But it's also a very exciting time. And as I got to thinking, I remember this time last year. Man, this time last year was very different than this year. Last year we were beginning, uh, about to start a new church year, the 2019-2020 church year. I was so very excited. I had a baby that was just about to be born. We were going to have a, we were about to have, or we already had had a diaper shower for Esther. That was a big deal. I was so excited about that. And I had big plans for this church year. You could ask Mr. John, and you can ask Adam too, because I I found a guy in Texas who is a seminary professor, and he is an author and a great Christian apologist, and he agreed to come to little old Liddyville to preach a revival. And I just couldn't believe it. He agreed to do that, and this was the time of year it was going to happen. But I, I just didn't feel right about it in my spirit. I, I even had a, a dream about it, and I, I never got back with the guy because I just felt like it wasn't meant to be. And then here we are right now, and obviously it wasn't meant to be. So many plans I had, and I was just taken by surprise after January. And, you know, we get taken by surprise, and I just think about all the things that have happened this year. The coronavirus, race wars, all sorts of things. And you could go on and on, murder hornets, and just keep listing thing by thing by thing. And here we are in August, and we have not one but two hurricanes on a path right for us. And it just seems like things continue to spiral out of control. On a sign at a church up the road... Y'all saw it for a long time. I think it's down now, but it said 2020, 2020 vision, the best is yet to come. And I really wonder about that sign because I think a, a more appropriate sign would be hindsight is 2020. Looking back. And I, I look back and I'm, I'm surprised that we're surprised. One of the worst habits I have for myself is I like to go back and listen to my sermons on our podcast. 
I go back and I listen and I critique myself. I'm my hardest critic. And I went back this week and I listened to one that, that I did. It was Pride versus Humility. I did it on the week of July 4th last year. And I made the statement that I was so proud to be an American. And we had just sung God Bless America. And I wrote that I... I wrote and I said that I was really worried about America because I thought we were going down a very, very dark path whenever we celebrate a month of pride. Whether it's straight pride or gay pride or black pride or whatever it is, I, I said, I just said, man, I'm really worried. I think we're going down a bad path and I think we're going to have some really bad things ahead. And I don't claim to be a prophet. I don't claim that was a vision. But I think God's word is very clear when we start trying to play God and we start going away from God's plan for us that God kind of lets us go our own way. And here we are, I mean, not even six months later from when I preached that message, things just start to spiral out of control. And we're surprised by it. And I just kind of felt God say to my spirit, well, Kevin, you preached about these sort of things happening just six months ago. Why are you surprised? When I first came to Beth River Baptist Church, Lester told me, and I'll never forget this phrase, I use it a lot. Lester said, if America keeps going the way it's going, God is going to have to apologize for what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. What a wise statement, Lester. And I think you're going to read in the world, world that Paul was living in when he wrote these Romans, I think you're going to see a lot of similarities between Rome, between ancient Israel, between America today. In Romans, this was a letter writ, written to the Roman church, and it was later in Paul's career. This was a church that was well established, and it was a divided church. And Paul was wanting the gospel to spread as fast as possible because he saw the urgency. He saw things happening, and he wanted to get to work to spread the gospel. And here he had a church that was divided. And it was divided because you had a bunch of Jewish believers, Jewish Christians, and he had a bunch of Greek Christians. And the Jewish believers knew a lot about the Old Testament, and they were very ritualistic. They believed in abstaining from certain meats, and they believed in keeping the Old Testament law. And the new Greek believers, they didn't understand all that. They thought Christ was enough. And Paul wrote this letter and he tried to explain to them the history. As a matter of fact, he even seems to be harder on the, the Jewish believers because they should know better. And he writes this letter and he writes about God's wrath on unrighteousness. And it begins, that I'm going to read, it begins in Romans chapter 1 and I'm going to read verses 18 to 31 to begin. He writes, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, 
and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the law and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in, the lust, in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undeserving, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things that are deserving of death not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. I ask you, church, to read through that list. Read all of the sins and does that not look like America today? Read through all of those things. Does that not look like a movie that you probably watched this week? Does that not look like a book that you have probably read? Does that not look like any website that you've seen? That's a perfect picture of what is going on in 2020. And it's a perfect picture of what has went on in 2019, 2018, 2017. And just go back and we've been doing these things over and over and over again. Not only doing them, but approving of those who have done them. Well, maybe we're not going to do that, but who am I to judge? Who am I to cast a stone? I'm not going to say anything about that. And we just watch it go on, and we watch it go on, and then bam, all of a sudden, 2020 is here, and our world is spiraling out of control, and we're surprised. We're surprised by this. If you go back in history, as far back as you can go, you see the same pattern happening over and over and over again. So I want to tell you, we shouldn't be surprised because some of these things, like he said, is clearly seen. It's clearly seen, he said, in verse 28, that his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So I want to go through these verses just a little bit at a time and take my time through them. I want you to first notice chapter 1, verse 19. He says, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. What may be known of God is manifest to them. Paul does not say, he does not write that we can know or we are to know everything about God. He doesn't say that we're going to know everything about God's plans. Lord knows we didn't see a pandemic coming. If we had, we would have prepared appropriately. He doesn't even imply that it's possible, but he does say what may be known of God. So I just want to tell you this morning, when a preacher says that he has it all figured out, 
You better listen close and you better look close because that's usually not the case. Even the best theologians doesn't have all these things figured out. That's why when we say things like, thus saith the Lord, he better have said it. So let me tell you some things that we can't know. Some things that it's impossible to know. We can't know the day or the hour Christ will turn. Christ will return. There's no way to know when Jesus is coming back. Even Jesus himself said the Father doesn't know. So listen, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. We can't know that. There's no way to know. There's no way to know the specific events of tomorrow. There's no way to know that if this will end after November, there's no way to know what 2020 and 2021 church year will hold. There could be more pandemics. There could be bioterrorism. There could be another 9-11. Either candidate could win the election. We don't know if we'll be able to keep meeting in church without persecution for the rest of this year. We don't know what events will happen in our personal lives this week. We don't know that because God has not made that evident to us. But he has made some things evident to us. He has made some things very, very clearly seen. God has made himself known to everyone. It says in verse 20, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Underline that. Make a note of that. It says it's clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Paul says, hey, listen, guys, there's things we don't know, sure. But they are some things that are clearly seen. There are some things that are absolutely picture perfect clear. It's clarity. We know this. And God has made himself known to everyone. Even the atheist is without excuse. But, but even more so for us as believers, there are things that are so very clear about God and how he works that we should know that it's clearly seen. Let me just tell you a few. First off, it's clearly seen, clear, crystal clear that our God is a good God. It's clearly seen that God wants the best of his creation. And you might say, well, Brother Kevin, what do you talk about? There's kids starving in the world. There's kids with cancer. There's all kinds of bad things happening. And I would just tell you that every problem the world has is a result of mankind's sin. And I would also tell you that without sadness, there would be no happiness. God's given us free will so that we may choose him and that we may be happy. Our God is a good God. Our God wants the best for us. It's clearly seen, it's crystal clearly seen that our God is a just God, a holy God, and a righteous God. And let me just tell you that God's justice system is a perfect justice system. There is no getting away from God's justice. It's not going to happen. It's clearly seen. Man, it should be so crystal clear that we, as human beings, we are God's greatest creation. There are no other beings on earth quite like us. That did not happen by accident. God took his time with human beings. God gave mankind free will. We're the ones that messed it up. It's clearly seen, clearly seen that no one is going to have an excuse on judgment day. He said that they're without excuse. Listen, that's clearly seen. We shouldn't have any question about that. Hindsight's twenty twenty. And God has made right and wrong clearly seen to all human beings. I mean, just look 
Just look at a few things in verse 29 to 31. This is when he goes into listing things. And really, really Paul says, hey, man, this stuff is clearly seen. It shouldn't even be a question. It's clearly seen that, that sexual immorality, that is wrong. I mean, isn't it crystal, crystal clear that God made sex for man and a woman in the confines of marriage? One man, one woman. Not one man and five women, not one man and one man, not one woman and one woman. It's crystal clear. God made it one way and he made it that way that we may experience love, that we may show the world love. Hey, Paul says, hey, it's crystal clear. Science shows that. Let me just tell you something. The basic scientist knows that the only way you can create is with one man and one woman. And we go our own way and we do the wrong thing and we wonder why in the world would America suffer so much. Wickedness is clearly, clearly wrong. Covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy. I mean, just stop for a second on murder. I mean, isn't it just common sense? Isn't it clearly, clearly, clearly that it is wrong to kill another human being? Yet there is a group of people who have been running for president for the last year that thinks it is perfectly acceptable for a woman to walk in 40 weeks pregnant and to kill the baby inside of her. Isn't it clearly to the most youngest person that that is as wrong as it ever has been? Yet we argue for it that it's their body, their choice. They should be able to go into that clinic and a doctor should be perfectly able to kill a baby that's inside of that mom. Isn't it crystal clear, crystal clear to the scientist, to the atheist, to the Muslim, to the Christian, that that is wrong? And yet we endorse it, we say it's okay, no big deal, and then we wonder why in the world are we going through this in 2020, God? Envy, strife, deceit. Oh, it's just a white lie. It's no big deal. Tell the teacher that, that the dog ate your homework. Start young. It's no big deal. Isn't it clearly seen that lying's wrong? Backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud. Like I said, like I listened a month ago, America has came to a point we have a whole month. A whole month to say that my way is the best way. We have a whole pride month. God, I know better than you and I'm going to celebrate my sin and we know it's clearly seen that pride in all its shapes and forms is wrong. Everybody knows that. It's not a question about that. Haters of God, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Man, we know, I mean, every psychologist, everybody in the world will tell you that the best family is a man and a woman intact in a house with children that are obedient to their parents. That's clearly seen. Everybody agrees on that. Yet we fight and we say, no, no, two men, two women, they can raise their children any way they want. One man can raise children any way he wants. One woman, now don't get me wrong, there's sometimes a spouse dies, sometimes some things happen, but that is not the ideal. The ideal is an intact nuclear family. And when we start endorsing anything else, we're endorsing something that God didn't intend to be. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving. Man, we, we, there's even a hashtag that love is love in America, but we don't even know what love is. Unforgiving, unmerciful, 
Let me just stop there for a minute and let me just tell you that you may have not done all of these. But I guarantee you, you've done some of them. And if you haven't, let me just tell you, your pastor has. You're totally lying to yourself if you say that you've never done anything unloving and you've never done anything unforgiving. You've always been obedient to your parents. Hey, we've all messed up. And that's why we're in the situation we're in. We do it and we think it's okay because everybody else does it. God's been removed from every single area of American life. Every single area. Even some churches have removed God's judgment, have removed, removed God from their congregation. Some churches have raised a rainbow flag. Some churches have said, you know, whatever you do goes and God's okay with it. Even churches have removed right and wrong reasoning from their congregations. So why should we be surprised that we're here in 2020 with what we have going on now? Church, let me just tell you, like it says in verse 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind. God says, hey, you want to do things that are clearly wrong? You want to go at this thing to wrong? Fine, go ahead. I mean, we're talking about nations in the world, but this also applies to an individual level. You remove God from your life, He'll remove Himself from you. And let me just tell you, please, please don't do that. You don't want that. You don't want to go through this life alone. So taking all I've said into consideration, I've said three things. That we can't know everything about God. That God's made Himself known to everyone. And that God has made right and wrong clearly seen. Taking all that into consideration, let's think about what our future holds. Let's think about the 2020-2021 church fusion. Let's think about the next school year. Let's think about what's going to happen in the future. Let's put 2020 behind us and let that be hindsight. And let's think about the future. Either in our generation or in the generations to come. How can I prepare Esther and Jeremiah for what they might see in the future? How can I prepare you for what you might see in the future? What do we know and how do we prepare? Let's talk about some things that are clearly seen. I think it's clearly, clearly, clearly seen that Christ is coming back. I mean, you just, you have to be living under a rock to deny that. Christ is coming back. And it could be this week and it could be many, many, many years from now. And it's clearly seen, church. Oh, I'm just, I'm begging you to open your eyes. It's clearly seen that all of the evidence points to birth pains coming to completion. In Matthew chapter 24, what's called the Olivet Discourse. Jesus mentions nearly all the things that we've seen in 2020. He mentions nations coming against nations. He talks about earthquakes. He talks about just all kinds of things going on that's going on in our world right now, today. And he says this is the beginning of birth pains. And let me tell you, I've, I've seen Carissa go through this twice now. And I know sometimes there's, there's false labor and maybe this is the beginning of birth pains. Maybe it's just a false alarm. But just maybe, just maybe, Jesus is getting ready to come back. And maybe we're at the very end of the birth pains, not the beginning. There's no delay in it. It's clearly, clearly seen that chances are excellent that I'll see Jesus come back for his church in my lifetime. Isn't it clearly seen? Don't you see that church? Don't you see what's going on in the world today? 
Don't you see all the craziness? It's not a matter of happenstance. Now let me, let me just tell you, I get it. It's an election year. It's very tempting to say, well, this is all going to be over after the election. But I don't want to lie to you, church. I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way. I think the birth pains are going to continue. And there's going to be contraction after contraction. And if you think it's all about coronavirus, maybe the Democrats invented it. Sure, that may be true. But can I tell you this morning that the Democrats did not send two hurricanes. The Democrats did not send a hurricane to Iowa. The Democrats did not take away your freedom of religion. Let me remind you, Donald Trump's still the president. That gives me the next point. I want to tell my children, I want to tell you this morning that you cannot trust mankind to fix mankind. We always screw it up. If you think, if you think a political candidate or a vaccine is going to fix all of 2020's problems, you're dreaming. You better think again because it's clearly seen. And I think Paul would say it if he was here this morning. I think he would say, isn't it clearly seen that's not the case? Isn't it clearly seen that that one man, isn't it clearly seen with a conservative Supreme Court that that's not the case? You know what I've learned this year? That it's clearly seen that our freedom of religion isn't as black and white as we all thought it was. My whole life, my whole life, my whole 37, 36 years, however old I am, my whole life, I have been raised and I have been thinking how blessed I am to be an American. How blessed I am to be able to come to church on Sunday. And I don't have to worry about that because I've got that freedom and it's not going to be taken away from me. Well, guess what? This year it was. This year it was. And once again, it was with a Republican president. It was taken away with the conservative Supreme Court and it was taken away without even a fight. So let me tell you something. You better not think for a second that it can't be taken away because 2021 could be a lot worse. You better make the most of it while you still have it because 2020, 2021 could be far worse for Christians than this year. It's clearly seen. I just, I just, I want you to grab a hold of it this morning. I could preach till I'm blue in the face. But the truth is, it's clearly seen that we're totally out of control. The best preachers, the best theologians, the best president, it doesn't matter. Because we're totally out of control. So you better this morning, you better start relying on the one that's in control. It's doom and it's gloom and it sounds bad. But guess what? I think Jesus knew knew what he was talking about with birth pains. This time last year, Carissa, she was starting to have them Braxton Hicks contractions. And, you know, then the time came for for her to have the baby. And it was hard for her. It hurt. But guess what? After them birth pains were over, it was over. All the problems, all the pain, all all the sleepless nights, all of that was over. And suddenly we forgot about it all. We had this great, beautiful newborn baby. And so many times we get the idea that, that Christ coming back is going to be a bad thing. Hey, I'm, I'm, going to lose, I'm going to lose some things. But I just want to tell you, everything that you're going to lose is something that we want to lose anyway. I don't want to live in this world. I want Jesus to come back. I want the birth pains to end. What was Paul's reasoning for writing this? 
Paul didn't just write this to scare the people. Paul wrote this so he could go on and he could spread the gospel because he knew the gospel could solve the problems. He knew the gospel was the answer. And you go back to the beginning, right before where we started, in verse 16, he said it as crystal clear as he could. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Paul knew that even though all this was going on, even though it was a crazy world, even though Christians were being put to death, even though they were being burned at the stake, even though that he himself was probably going to be beheaded in the near future, he could say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because that's the solution. That's the solution. So this morning, this morning, let me just wrap it up and just say as your pastor, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what the new church year is going to behold. I don't know. Maybe the coronavirus will magically disappear after the election. Maybe it'll get a lot worse. Maybe these are some Braxton Hicks contractions, and maybe we're going to have a relaxation period in between the birth pains. But I know this. I want to be prepared for whatever tomorrow holds. And I want you to be prepared for whatever tomorrow holds. And I know the key to being prepared for that is just like Paul says, and that's to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel can solve every problem. The gospel can take anybody in that list of sins. The gospel can take the haters of God and make them a lover of God. The gospel can take somebody living in sin and make somebody living righteousness. The gospel is the answer. And let me just tell you, if you don't have the gospel, if you have not experienced the forgiveness, the love, the peace that Jesus Christ brings, this morning, wherever you're at right now, today can be the day. But you have to accept it. The gospel is the answer. The gospel can solve every problem. The gospel wins every time. Have you accepted the gospel? Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood it. I hope you realize that we can't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow, and the Lord has our best interests at heart. Be safe this week during the hurricanes. Join me for Wednesday Words of Wisdom on our YouTube channel, and I will talk to you again next week. Thanks and God bless.